Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Joshua with this message entitled, Escaping the Death Penalty. If you have a Bible with you, please turn to Joshua chapter 20. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. We pray that you blow mightily that the sleeping ones will be awakened to the reality of heaven and hell, to the reality of eternal life and eternal death. Save us, O Lord, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Escaping death penalty. That's the title. Death penalty to capital offense is thoroughly scriptural. And we as Orthodox Reformed believers, we submit to the authority of scripture on everything. So we want to consider first Capital punishment is scriptural, especially for the crime of murder. And then we will consider the city of refuge which God instituted to show mercy to those who murdered somebody unintentionally. And then we will consider Christ as the true city of refuge for all sinners who will flee to him and trust in him. Mr. Rush Dooney in his book on biblical law lists at least 18 offenses in the Old Testament for which the death penalty was required. They are murder, Striking or cursing a parent, kidnapping, adultery, incest, bestiality, sodomy or homosexuality, unchastity, rape of a betrothed virgin, witchcraft, offering human sacrifice. Habitual criminality, blasphemy, Sabbath desecration, propagation of false doctrines, sacrificing to false gods, refusing to abide by court decision, and finally, failing to restore the pledge or bailment. And the methods of capital punishment were burning, stoning, hanging, and the use of the sword. And the death penalty for these crimes was meted out by the testimony of two or more witnesses. The first reference to the death penalty for the crime of murder is found in Genesis chapter 9 and verse 6. 
which reads, Whosoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, because in the image of God has God made man. God, in this verse, opposes murder and threatens with death penalty because man is the image bearer of God. This means that man is different from animals. It means man is not God. It means man is like God, especially in moral qualities and rationality. And that man is to relate to God in worship and depend on God. Though man is now fallen, he is still man. He is not an animal, even though many people tell us that we are just animals. Though he is fallen, as Francis Schaeffer said, man has not lost his mannishness. And God saves man, the wicked man, by recreating him in righteousness, holiness, and knowledge of God. That is, by restoring the blurred image of God in man. Therefore, murdering a man, the image bearer of God, is an assault on the honor of God. For this assault on God, the murderer must be put to death. So capital punishment, especially for the crime of murder, is based on the honor of God, the sanctity of life, and also on the justice of God. And this law in Genesis 9 verse 6 was given long before the promulgation of the law on Mount Sinai. All laws in the scriptures are based on God and his character and not on human ideas or sociological considerations. The New Testament did not abrogate the death penalty for murder. Let's turn to the book of Romans chapter 13 where God gives the state the authority to exercise the power of the sword. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves for rulers hold no terror for those who do right but for those who do wrong do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority 
then do what is right and he will commend you for he is God's servant to do you good but if you do wrong be afraid for he does not bear the sword for nothing he is God's servant an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer therefore it is necessary to submit to the authorities not only because of possible punishment but also because of conscience now this is uh, not easy to interpret so I refer you to read Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones on his commentary on chapter 13 of the book of Romans but certain things are pretty clear the state is given authority it is stated three times here the state is given authority by God and also we are told three times the state is a minister of God and the function of the state is to punish evil and promote good therefore the state is given the power of the sword of life and death the scripture never makes provision for the reforming of the murderer that's a modern idea the scripture requires the state to meet out capital punishment to the murderer and thus uphold the sanctity of life and the justice and honor of God this authority was given not to a Christian state but to a pagan Roman government the state has a God given positive duty to uphold the law by meeting out capital punishment to murderers the Westminster Confession of Faith says this in chapter 23 God the supreme Lord and King of all the world hath ordained civil magistrates to be under him over the people for his own glory and the public good and to this end hath armed them with the power of the sword for the defense and encouragement of them that are good and for the punishment of evil doers so that is the biblical view of capital punishment and secondly let us consider from Joshua chapter 20 divine institution and establishment of cities of refuge for those who murdered someone in Israel unintentionally accidentally the scripture also makes provision for sparing or saving 
the life of one who kills someone accidentally without premeditation. Therefore, God required Israel to set apart six cities of refuge to which one who killed another can flee and be safe. And this provision is recorded in four books in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 21, Numbers chapter 35, Deuteronomy chapter 4 and 19, and finally Joshua chapter 20. And these cities were to be located centrally to which one can easily flee. They were located on eminence, so everyone can see it easily. And God told Moses that roads to be built to the city so that one can run to it safely. And we are told by extra biblical writings that bridges were built to these cities of refuge when necessary so one can reach the city of refuge through the shortest way. Periodically, the roads were cleared of all debris so that nothing will prevent a person from running to the city. Large signs to be posted at crossroads in large letters so that a runner can read it as he runs. Refuge, refuge, and the direction is given to it. The gates of the city are to be kept unlocked always. Not only the Israelites, but also aliens were also permitted to run to the city and be safe. The avenger of the blood, the nearest male relative, had a duty of pursuing and putting to death the murderer. And of course he does not differentiate between intentional and unintentional killing. The city of refuge belonged to the Levites who served God. These were cities given to them by the people as gifts. The city of refuge was stocked with all provisions for the fleeing refugee as long as he lived there. The asylum seeker must stop at the gate and make his case to the court of the elders at the gate. After the preliminary hearing, he is given asylum conditionally. Then it was the responsibility of the assembly, the authorities to establish the fact of the unintentionality of the killing. And if the killing was proven to be unintentional, by the testimonies of at least two or more witnesses, the refugee stays in the city 
we are told, until the death of the high priest. And then he would be free to go home to his city and to his family unmolested. But if the assembly finds out that he killed intentionally, then he will be handed over to the avenger of the blood that he may be killed and cleanse the land of defilement. And we are told there were six cities of refuge, three on the east side of River Jordan and three on the west side of River Jordan. And on the west side, on the north was Kadesh in the tribe of Naphtali, Shechem in the tribe of Ephraim, centrally located, and Hebron or Kiriath Arba in the south, located in Judah. Also Golan in the north on the east side of the river Jordan, located in Manasseh, Ramoth Gilead in the central region in the tribe of Gad, and Bezer located in the tribe of Reuben in the south on the east side of the river Jordan. These cities of refuge were instituted by divine initiative and by divine mercy. But only those who flee to it will be saved from death, from the avenger of blood, who is pursuing him. Now let's look at Christ as our city of refuge to which every sinner is to flee and be safe. In other words, the cities of refuge instituted by God point to the city of refuge, even the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture presents Jesus Christ as our city of refuge. And all sinners can flee to him and be saved. Not from physical death, but from eternal death. All can flee to him. Those who sinned in unintentionally, as well as Thanks be to God, those who sinned intentionally. Let's turn to Second Samuel and let's look at the case of David who killed Uriah. And the scripture tells us he did so intentionally. Second Samuel chapter 11, beginning with verse 14. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab, the general, and sent it with Uriah, a Gentile convert, a holy man. In it he wrote, put this holy man, Uriah, in the front line where the fighting is fiercest. Then withdraw from him so he will be struck down and die. And to me, that is intentional. Turn to chapter 12 and verse 9. 
chapter 12 of 2nd Samuel why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes you struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword you struck down and took his wife to be your own you killed him with the sword of the Ammonites now let's come to the book of Psalms chapter 51 and here he is asking God to forgive his sins Psalm 51 and verse 14 save me from blood guilt O God the God who saves me my tongue and my tongue will sing of your righteousness the truth is all have sinned and come short of the glory of God there is none righteous Saint Paul tells us in Romans 3 none righteous none understands none seeks God none does good there is no fear of God before their eyes thus Jews and Gentiles alike are under sin under guilt under death the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord we all are born sinners and we daily practice sin the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men now listen who suppress the truth by their wickedness that's intentional sin for although they knew God they neither glorified him as God nor gave him thanks and the last words of Romans 1 tells us although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death they not only continue to do these very things but also approve of those who practice them the question is is there any hope for such wicked miserable sinners is there a city of refuge to flee and be safe for such wicked people oh let's ask the question does God justify the wicked the gospel declares in the affirmative he does justify the wicked that is why the gospel is the gospel is the good news the murderer David fled to Christ and was saved from the eternal death his sins were forgiven 
in Jesus all sorts of sins can be forgiven how can this be is not God just Jesus is the son of God he is perfect God and perfect man he is God man without sin and Pilate did not find any sin in him and he declared so three times why did God's son become incarnate ask the question the answer is to die our death to die the death of sinners like us he became our substitute his death was our death for our sins and St. Paul tells us he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him he died in place of every repenting and believing sinner he lived for the sinner a righteous life and he died for our sins he rose for our justification Saint Paul tells us in Galatians Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us he is the brazen serpent a symbol of sin punished lifted high on a pole for us sinners to look up and see and be healed everyone who is bitten by the serpent and everyone who is dying can look up and be saved instantly and be healed instantly and that brazen serpent is Jesus Christ lifted up on the cross look to Christ Jesus who was crucified and you will be saved justice of God is satisfied by God's substitute of our Lord Jesus Christ he died in our behalf wages of sin is death eternal death and Jesus died that eternal death for us in our place therefore I do not die eternal death why is it because I trust in Jesus Christ I run to him I flee to him and be safe from death that pursues me from divine justice that pursues me God is our refuge and strength an ever present help in trouble therefore now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus so we say Jesus Christ is our city of refuge for all sins intentional unintentional he forgives every sin and the writer to the Hebrews understood this analogy and so he writes in Hebrews 6 and verse 18 God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie we who have 
fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. That is the city of refuge analogy. We who have fled. This Christ, Jesus, is centrally located. He's not far from you. He's near you. The way to him is clearly marked. In the scriptures and as I proclaim, my job is to lift Jesus higher. To speak about his life and death and resurrection. His incarnate life that brought salvation to us. And the way to him is short. Jesus said so. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and life. I give them eternal life. And he himself says, come unto me, I'll give you rest. You don't need to run to a sacred geographical city somewhere. You look to the cross and cry out to Christ, the risen one to save you. And the Bible guarantees everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a divine promise. And you meet that condition and trust yourself to him and you shall be saved from justice that pursues you. From the sword that pursues you. The question then is, are you in him? Have you trusted in him? Have you fled to him? Hide yourselves in Christ. And you shall be safe from the avenger of blood. And you shall be safe forever. The scripture tells us the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. And if you confess with your mouth. Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved may the spirit of God blow upon you wake you up to the reality that is waiting for you either eternal life or eternal death either heaven or hell that's the reality and trust yourself to Christ now and today the city of refuge is always open Jesus Christ is always accessible there is a sign says open come in it's always open turn to the book of Revelation chapter 22 listen to the last invitation In verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. And not only that, the city of refuge is open to all sinners. As we read in the last verse of Joshua 20, it was also open to the alien, 
to the Gentile. There is no difference. All have sinned. And Jesus Christ saves all sorts of people. Jew, Gentile, men, women, master, slave, rich, poor. No difference. No one is driven away from this city of refuge. Turn to the book of John chapter 6 and verse 37. And here it is stated, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Or put it positively, I will receive everyone who comes to me. I will save everyone who comes to me. I'll forgive everyone who comes to me. I'll justify everyone who comes to me. I'll give eternal life to everyone who comes to me. And not only that, as it was true of a city of refuge, in this city of refuge in Jesus Christ, there is sufficient provision for you. The Lord is my shepherd. And I shall lack nothing. I am the vine. You are the branches. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. You shall lack nothing. That means everything. Necessary for your physical. And spiritual life. Will be granted in this city of refuge even Jesus Christ our Lord if you are woken up by the spirit of God let me tell you the reality that outside of him is death let me let's turn to the book of Matthew Jesus Christ spoke more about death and hell than anybody else Matthew 8 and verse 12. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside. Into the darkness. Outside is death. Outside is darkness. Outside is misery. Outside is hopelessness. Where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Turn to chapter 13. Are the words of Jesus Christ Himself. 13, Matthew 13 and verse 42. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 13, verse 50. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the reality. Holy Spirit is speaking. And turn to chapter 22 of the book of Matthew. The one who came into the feast without a robe. The one who says, I did it my way. Listen to what God is speaking to him. Matthew 22 verse 13. Then the king told the attendants. Tie him. Hand and foot. And throw him outside. Into the darkness. Where there will be weeping. And gnashing of teeth. 
Turn with me to chapter 24 of Matthew and verse 51. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And finally, chapter 25 of Matthew and verse 30, the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking this. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And verse 46, then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. You see, they mock the preaching of the gospel. Is the preacher is preaching fire and brimstone? Well, I don't know about fire and brimstone, but I know one thing. There is a heaven and there is a hell, and the heaven is full of happiness and blessing and communion with God and the and inexpressible joy and felicity and hell is a place of inexpressible misery pain eternal misery and unhappiness these are realities let's turn to finally the book book of revelation and see the outside business Finally, there is the outside here, verse 15 of chapter 22. Outside are the dogs. Those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practice falsehood. Outside! There's an outside and there's an inside. There's a city of destruction and there's a city of God. City of life, city of refuge. So flee to Christ and be safe. That's your responsibility. Nobody is going to take you to Christ. You run to Christ, convicted of your sin by the Spirit and of your judgment and punishment. You run. Don't wait, don't. Linger. Remember Lord's wife. Be convicted of your sin, of your guilt, of your punishment. Awake out of your slumber. To see the reality of heaven. And hell, life and death. Be assured of the gospel. Christ forgives sinners. God justifies the wicked. Who flees to Christ. Be earnest. Do not look back like Lord's wife. Cry out today. What must I do to be saved? From the wrath of God. Against me. And hear. The sound of the gospel. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you shall be saved. And your household. I say there is only one sure escape from the eternal death penalty. Only one way. Only one savior. Only one city of refuge for all sinners. Because we are told 
Salvation is found in no one else. Because there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And so trust in him with your whole family. If no one in your family desires to trust in Jesus, you personally trust in Jesus and be saved today. And trust yourself to him completely. Because now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Do not postpone. Holy Spirit, like a mighty wind, is moving in his church. Escape. Escape. Flee. Flee from everlasting destruction. And flee to Christ who is everlasting life. Is Christ your life? Is your life today hidden in Christ? Remember this. God warned of a flood that would destroy all sinners. He also provided an ark of safety for those who desired to escape from that death penalty. And we were told that eight, only eight entered and the Lord shut the door and they were saved from death. We are also told that God threatened to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He promised to save all who would flee Sodom and Gomorrah. And you know three were saved from the fiery destruction. Three who fled to safety. And God has warned in the scriptures to send his son with glory and power to judge the world. Christ himself promised to come again to judge. Into his world he's going to come. And he's going to sit on a throne and summon all nations to come to him that he may judge. But some will be saved. Those who repented of their sins and trusted in Jesus Christ. I set before you eternal life and eternal death. And choose life is my exhortation. And escape from your deserved capital punishment enter through the narrow gate and be safe Jesus said for small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only few find it God has not for 21st century people he has not made the gate wide it is still narrow The narrowness is the narrowness of Jesus Christ. And the road is narrow because of Jesus Christ. He is holy. He is righteous. The Bible says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life. 
for God's wrath remains on him. Yes, there is a death penalty. Far more severe than the guillotine, the sword, or an injection that puts you to death. I'm talking about the eternal death that awaits every person who is outside of Christ. And there is a way to escape it. And that is Jesus Christ, the city of refuge. He is the narrow gate. He is the narrow way. But he welcomes everyone. He will never drive away anyone. He saves everyone. He embraces everyone. He forgives everyone's sins. And he said, I'll give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Heavenly Father, we pray that you bless everyone. Thank you for waking us up to reality. Thank you for receiving us and saving us. Help us, O Lord, to abide with you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of this message entitled, Escaping the Death Penalty. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.